Welcome to the Relax, It's Retirement podcast with Josh Leonard from Leonard Advisory Group. In this podcast, we help those nearing retirement greet it with a well-prepared smile. Join Josh and his guests to learn the retirement and tax planning tips you need so you too can live your golden years with the happiness and excitement you deserve. Hear stories from his years of experience to help you transition into a fun and intentional retirement. Now, onto the show. Hello and welcome to the Relax It's Retirement podcast with your host, Josh Leonard, where we talk about transitioning into retirement with intent. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, Josh. How are you? Great. How are you, Wendy? Oh, it's um good. You know, it's that that back to school time, right? Absolutely. Certainly is. Certainly is. And, uh, you know, our, our recent episode talking about college planning with Dan is a great resource. Speaking of that, and prior to us getting engaged in the show here, we we're chatting a little bit about my youngest starting school and just being mm. the coolest dude. He's got some new Jordans and I mean, he loves himself in them. Come on, the Jordans. I mean, the cutest and the coolest. That's right. That's right. I can't say I've ever owned a pair of Jordans myself, but, you know, I'm glad that my kids are cooler than me. You can't afford it. You can only buy your kids Jordans. That's right. Well, theirs are cheaper. You know, I, I do have to say that. <laughs> Just um, a little bit, though, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, you know, my wife is good and she knows... We have financial constraints, but tries not to tell me too much. And she, okay. I'm like, how much were the kids' shoes? And she's like, you know, they're like in this range. And I'm like, okay. And then later I'm like, I'm going to Google it, you know? Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, it was actually not as bad as I was thinking. Because I, I know there's uh, sneaker collectors and like right. people, I mean, I, oh, I don't. big business. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really big business. So I'm like, is that like, I, I hope. My little kids are not, you know, scuffing up shoes that cost hundreds of dollars because I'm going to stop breathing pretty soon if that's Yeah, yeah, but he looks good. He looks good in them, uh, and I can tell that he feels confident in them. He does, he does. And, you know, that's really important when you start a new school and got to go out there and make those new friends. That's right. So best of luck. Today, though, we're going to be talking about how to choose the best place to retire. That's right. We're going to go through seven different factors to consider to help you find that best place for you to retire. Now, I think many of us might have this dream of, you know, being on a sandy beach somewhere where the weather's always perfect, you know, hot, but not too hot, good for swimming. But for some folks, maybe that's not the ideal picture. Maybe it's next to a golf course where they can go. Oh, no, that's wrong. They're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a beach person, so, you know. I certainly cannot disagree with you on that. You know, I'm okay with a little bit of sand in my life. So Right. All right. I thought that that was the only, really, the only factor was where you wanted to live. But you're saying, no, there's more. There is more. Yeah. So I think factor number one, we'll get right down into the finance, Wendy, is cost of living. Ugh, no fun. You know, I, I live in Michigan. I used to live in Pittsburgh. Our cost of living is pretty reasonable. If you decide you're going to move out to uh, L.A. or New York, whew, you're in for a rude awakening. You know, your, your four-bedroom house in the suburbs of Pittsburgh or in southwest Michigan is going to buy you a shed in L.A. So, Well, and that's why most people don't retire to L.A. And that's right. That's right. 
<laughs> you know, we've seen areas like Arizona become more popular. Certain areas of Florida are still quite affordable as well if you want that warmer climate. But again, a lot of times it comes down to that proximity to the coast or things like that. But yeah, you know, Arizona has become very popular, that dry heat, but you know, it's just too far from a beach. I would agree. You know, it's yeah. nice. It's sort of a pretty steady climate, too. I mean, to me, it gets way too hot, especially in like Phoenix in the summer. Yeah. But, you know, for some folks, that's fine. But I like being by the beach. You know, uh -huh. I, I think in terms of thinking about the cost of living, you know, that's it. Is it important for you to be able to golf 12 months of the year? Well, Arizona might be a perfect place for you then. If you want to go swimming in the ocean, Arizona is not going to cut it, right? No, definitely not. So how do we research the latest cost of living? Yes. So there are a ton of great online uh, resources. You can look at the Federal Reserve. They put out data on cost of living based on certain areas. And a, a fun way to do it, too, is take a trip, right? Go spend a week if you're thinking Arizona is the place for you or Florida, or Southwest Michigan, if you don't mind the cold, come and spend some time in the area. If you are already retired and thinking about relocating in the future, instead of just saying, oh, this place looks pretty and buying a house there, rent a place for a month or two and see if you like uh, the area as well. Mm -hmm. What's factor number two? Climate. So we already touched on this quite a bit here, but are you okay with the seasonal changes? you know, for, well, for you and me, we have those seasonal changes, right? And I always say, just when you get sick of the hot, humid summer, it starts to cool down. And already, I don't know about you, but we've started to get the cooler evenings already. And Yes, it's nice. Um, I love it here in Southwest Michigan. We can hear the lake with those windy evenings. You hear the waves from the lake and get a nice breeze if you open up the window. So I love that. That's a nice transition into fall for me. Uh -huh. For some folks, though, they think about that pending winter and uh, they just want to escape. So, you know, what is the climate that you're okay with? That could mean anything from, you know, our, our, our Midwest weather here in Michigan all the way to the extreme heat of Arizona or maybe the humidity of Florida. What climate are you comfortable in? And also keep in mind that you can be a snowbird, right? You could spend some of the time up north in the summer whenever it gets a little bit too muggy for folks down in Florida, and then spend the winters in Florida as well. But start researching that and really think through the climate. Sometimes people think they'll be okay in Florida year round, and then in the summer, it, it gets to be too much. It is a, it's really hot. The other things, you know, you, you have to think about tourists some areas like i live in a tourist town from memorial day to labor day it's just crazy mm -hmm. uh, so that makes traffic an issue all the restaurants are packed um you also have to think about you know if you are going to be in an area that has winter that's going to create work for you like cleaning up that ice and snow and stuff that's exactly it yeah i think we're, we're in a tourist town too so the joke in the downtown area is all the locals wait to go out to eat at a restaurant until after the tourist season is over. But for me, I think it creates a nice environment for year-round living because that surge in the summer helps support lots of restaurants throughout the year. So great. I won't go out to eat as much in the summer in those specific restaurants, but the rest of the year I can enjoy them. Uh, uh, here at the Jersey Shore, we say it's better in September. 
Yeah, Wendy, when I used to work at Kelly's Island, I would always say Sunday was the best day of the week because the weekend traffic would leave and all of us that worked in the restaurants could have some time to play. You know, for certain areas of the country, that tourist season can last year round as well. So if you are particularly sensitive to the crowds, that's something you want to think about as well. So what's your tip then for where, you know, when deciding where you want to live? So, you know, we talked about cost of living as factor number one, factor number two, climate. Factor number three, where are your loved ones? You know, for many folks, it's not ideal to be on the other side of the country from their grandkids, especially if you do have a close relationship with them. So the idea of leaving the town where your kids grew up and still live and live across the country might be difficult. Depending on where the location is, you could make it more accessible by living close to an airport. So if you do move further away, or let's say your kids moved further away, let's say they moved to New York or Washington, D.C., where it's a great environment to be working, and many times you can earn more money by living in those areas, but you're dealing with a lot of traffic, maybe not the most relaxing place to retire. So what's an easy way that you could fly in to see those loved ones or they could easily fly to come see you as well. And that's a great point because I live over an hour away from any airports and it's, you know, it's a bit of an issue. Yeah. Yeah. It makes that travel a little bit more difficult to do. You know, I would say the size of the airport is also important for us. Chicago is about an hour and a half away. But we can get a direct flight anywhere. When we lived in Pittsburgh, there was a lot of layovers, depending on where you're going. Okay, I don't have a layover, but now I'll just go direct and my drive's a little bit longer to the airport. There's some balancing factors there. We also have a train that you can take and get to the airport as well, which I've used quite a few times because I can work while I'm on the train. I can't really work while I'm driving a car, at least hopefully not. You shouldn't be working when you're driving a car. So hit me with factor number four. Factor number four is the ability to stay active. So this can kind of tie in with, you know, that climate too. We talked about golf a little bit. If you're very passionate about golfing, if you live in Michigan, I mean, I guess you could golf year round, but it's going to be a little bit challenging, at least in the winter months. You know, staying active doesn't only mean physically active. It can be your social activities. So if you've been in, let's say, a book club or something like that over the years, and that's your network of friends, well, if you move to Florida, they're not going to all move with you as well. So will you be able to recreate those community factors as well? Are you able to create new or are you able to make new friends in those new areas as well? Will they have pickleball courts available and will I be able to utilize them daily? Wendy, we are back on the pickleball, and I'm glad because pickleball is all over the place. <laughs> I feel like I was in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. We added a new team member, so we'll have a new episode on that here shortly. All but right. we were I was in Pittsburgh. We were doing some training. The one park I always run and bike at, man, there was pickleballers there from sunrise to sunset. So I, I think you'll be safe with pickleball anywhere. It's the fastest growing sport in America. And thank goodness for that. <laughs> but that's it. You know, if if you're in a colder climate, you might need to bring the pickleball indoors in the winter. So making sure that there's ample facilities to do so. 
even if there's facilities, ample being the key word. When I'm trying to do my swimming training for all my Ironman stuff, in Pittsburgh, I seem to have a lot more difficulty where if I go to an indoor pool, all the lanes are full pretty much any time I try to go. Luckily here in Michigan, the local gym that I belong to, I don't really have that available availability issue as frequently, but make sure that there's a million pickleball courts where you want to retire, Wendy. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to need 50 of them. Yes. yes <laughs> Could you imagine exactly. the noise from those pickleball courts? <laughs> Whew. Yeah, just a gigantic tin warehouse with all that ricocheting sound. Yeah, keep it all inside. All right. What is factor number five? Factor number five is access to healthcare. And for many of our Pittsburgh clients that have moved to Florida, we hear about this a lot where, you know, in Pittsburgh, we're fortunate. Well, in, in much of the northeastern region of the United States, there's phenomenal healthcare. So great research hospitals, great specialists, and it's fairly easy to access. Well, sometimes when we relocate to other areas, especially if there's a very high concentration of seniors, there's not enough doctors there to service or enough specialists. So we want to make sure that wherever we're relocating, we'll be able to see the doctors we need, especially if we have existing conditions. How do we make sure that's available to us in the amount that we would need it? Yes, depending on your insurer, you can research online and start to look for doctors or the specialists you need just looking online. You know, also just looking at the physical proximities of your nearest pharmacy. If you take a lot of medications, you know, in most places, pharmacies are all over the place. But if you need a specialty pharmacy or something like that, making sure that it's available, typically a Google search can can get most of that information to you. If you're looking at living in a more remote location, so we haven't talked about maybe you want to live in the mountains, right? We haven't talked about that, but also a great alternative if you're passionate about hiking and being outdoors, that can be a great option as well. Well, maybe you want to look at having prescriptions delivered to your home rather than driving some distance there. So again, just looking at the availability of resources there. Now, looking at some of the notes uh, that we have, I'm very surprised that to point out that Medicare is not going to cover your health insurance needs overseas? Yes, and different states have different rules about Medicare as well. So this is certainly something to talk to your financial professional or if you're working with a healthcare agent to discuss there. Medicare does not cover overseas travel. If you get certain supplements that can help cover the cost of it, so that is something to explore if you're planning to travel overseas quite a bit. Occasionally, we hear from folks where they're actually considering living overseas for retirement. I would say that's a very different subject. In this episode, we'll stick with living in the U.S. Okay. Um, because there's a lot more factors if you look at, look at living internationally. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. So what's factor number six? Number six would be tax responsibilities and opportunities. So if you're looking at moving to a new state, how tax-friendly are those new states? How do they tax Social Security? How do they tax withdrawals from your IRA or 401k? How's your pension taxed? If you have a pension and you're moving to a different state, maybe you uh, find the rude awakening that now that's being taxed, which might take out a chunk of your monthly income. So not only that cost of living, 
as we think of buying groceries, the cost of housing, all that kind of stuff, but it could be the tax as well. You know, there are some states that are extremely tax friendly. Florida is the one that always sticks out to folks, but Alaska also falls in that category. Now, again, climate is a factor. If you like the cold, certainly don't move to Alaska. I don't even uh, want to visit Alaska, let alone. <laughs> you know, Mississippi, New beautiful. Hampshire. So each state has different tax rules. I would say one of the things, my parents, with uh, my dad recently retiring, they moved from Pennsylvania to Ohio. In Pennsylvania, you don't pay taxes on retirement. Is, is the broad term that we'd use. But what that means is you're not paying state tax on your social security and you're not paying state tax on withdrawals from your IRA or 401k. Now the state of Pennsylvania says you're paying taxes on that money in your IRA on the state level when you contribute. When you take the money out, then you're not paying taxes on it. Well, in, Okay, I see confused face, so I'm going to rewind. <laughs> what? <laughs> when you contribute in the state of Pennsylvania to your IRA, let's say, you don't pay federal tax on that money, but you'd still pay state tax on it. Oh, I did not know that. When you withdraw the money, you don't pay state tax on it. You pay federal tax. Gotcha. Okay. So in Ohio, Ohio you don't pay tax on the money going in on the state level, but coming out, you do. For my parents, they contributed mostly in Pennsylvania. Now living in Ohio, well, they paid tax going in, they're going to pay tax going back out. That is an additional cost for them to live in Ohio. That stinks. Um, no, now, you got you to gotta learn all those tax rules because they can also contribute to their grandchildren's 529 plans <laughs> and save some money on taxes. You know, again, this is a subject that can be a lot more sticky, but you know, you can look, there's uh, different resources online to look at the tax friendliness of individual states. So we'll provide a link in the show notes there where you can kind of do some basic research. Depending on your income level though, it, it might make a big difference. It might not make much of a difference at all. So again, sit down with your financial professional or you know, your CPA, whoever you talk through those tax situations with to try to get a better scope on that again before you move. So that factor number six, just look at those tax responsibilities. Now, if you lived in Ohio and maybe you're retiring in Pennsylvania, well, that might be a tax advantage for you. All mm -hmm. of a sudden now you're not going to pay taxes on that money you thought you were. Keep that in mind and consult with your professional on that to learn a little bit more. But again, Factor number six, you just want to think about it. Think through that decision before you move and get a rude awakening that, oh my gosh, I'm paying so much more in taxes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what is the final factor when it comes the to deciding on where factor. to live? This is a hot button issue lately. We've talked about it in a couple different ways, but inflation. So factor number seven is inflation. For certain areas, we see that inflation rates in those areas are quite a bit higher. You know, we talked about Arizona. Phoenix is an area that the cost of living or that inflation has gone up a lot quicker. So housing prices are climbing quicker than in other areas. We want to be aware of that. So maybe the cost of living today is still lower, but if it's climbing at a faster rate than other areas, we want to keep that in mind and start to build that into our plan. 
you can check out a lot of local food prices online too. So if you just kind of Google search, you could see, hey, you know what? A gallon of milk costs blank in Phoenix versus what I'm used to paying here. That can be a good rough gauge to give you an idea of what that difference is there. Okay. So what should we then, what are the most important things to keep in mind as we make these decisions? Give me a little bit of a summary of, you know, what you think is the most important. Yeah. So I would say one, think about where you want to live, right? This is retirement. And, uh, you know, if you did a really, really good job of saving money, we can consider all these factors. But even if we're paying higher taxes, our cost of living's higher, but you have enough money and life is good, then so be it. Just be aware of those. So assess those, you know, don't let things be an afterthought. Like all things with planning, do a little research ahead of time so you don't have a rude awakening moving forward. If it makes sense to your situation to pay to live in LA because all of your grandkids there and you have enough money, then I would say that makes sense to you to do. There is no cookie cutter answer here. So you can use someone like your financial advisor or another trusted partner in your life to kind of talk through these decisions and make sure that you're being rational there as well. Keep in mind, if you live near a major airport with a lower cost of living, it's a lot easier to travel too. You have more discretionary income or more money that you can spend to travel and do things like that. Wendy, I think one of the surprising facts is while we talk about moving, relocating, the fact is most retirees end up staying in the same spot they lived in in their 50s. That surprises me. I'm, I'm actually surprised, probably though, for proximity to family. Yep. Yeah. Many times family's still rooted there. Your local culture that you're used to, all your friends, social activities, that pickleball association you belong to, Wendy. You know, you don't want to start playing against all the new people. You already know who to pin yourself against to do a little bit better, you know? Yeah. But in, and as you were talking about earlier, you have your doctors as well. So that's also something it's something that I never really thought about before. But you're right. Yeah. You'd have to get all new doctors when you move to a new town. And that can be very daunting. Sure. Yeah. And I think especially if you've had your doctor for a long period of time, you've built that rapport with the doctor. You feel comfortable with their recommendations. Sometimes when you start using a new professional in any regard, you go through that period of rebuilding that trust in their recommendations and really understanding where they're coming from. Okay. Any last words that you want to uh, finish up with today? You know, Wendy, I just want to end with, are you thinking of retiring in a different location? Me? Personally? Yes, you. Yes. Well, yeah. no. <laughs> Yes and no. Okay. I You're going to move five years before retirement. And then I want to be a snowbird, which okay. you referenced earlier, where I will keep my home here in New Jersey, travel to Florida in the cold months, and then travel whenever I want outside of the country where Medicare doesn't cover. <laughs> well, Wendy, you'll have to get set up with the proper supplements to help uh, mm. reduce some of that risk. But uh, that's often an option that we see for a lot of folks. Rather than changing their primary residence, they're going to go down to Florida for a couple months of the year. Maybe they rent a place. Maybe they buy a place. You know, those can be great options for folks as well to get away from the cold for a little bit if that's what's important to you. Yeah. 
Well, that all sounds like very sound advice, Josh. We thank you for helping us make this decision. And now I know for sure what I'm going to do. No, no, I don't. Not yet. <laughs> well, Wendy, when the time comes, we'll still have our monthly Visual Insights newsletter that wraps up these seven key factors. So we'll link that in the show notes. And uh, I expect when you retire for you to scroll back through all the episodes we did and find the link for this. Absolutely. You know it. So tell us how people can get in touch with you if they have more questions. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I encourage you to download the Visual Insights newsletter. Then you can have sort of a tangible thing to read through these tips as you're considering those decisions. They can also feel free to reach out to me via email at jleonard at leonardadvisorygroup.com. Check out our website at leonardadvisorygroup.com or give our office a call at 412-998-PLAN. Well, thank you, Josh. And thank you for listening today. Please like, follow, and share with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Relax, It's Retirement podcast, the show that helps you transition into a happy, fun, and intentional retirement. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.leonardadvisorygroup.com or give us a call at 412-998-PLAN. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Leonard Advisory Group, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.